Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. Matthew, chapter 1. Most, if not every Sunday, when I come to this pulpit, I ask you to take your Bibles and turn to a passage of Scripture. I want you to know that that which we're focusing on today is indeed the Word of God. Today is going to be somewhat different in that passages that we are going to look at throughout the message are going to be printed on the screen in front of you. But I wanted you to turn to Matthew's Gospel because here we discover the wonder of our focus this morning. Emmanuel, God. We live in a weary world, a world that is full of concern and cares, a world that is very complex, a world that has many crises and even cultural connected correctness has invaded our world. For some, there's even election conspiracy that is our focus today. And in the midst of all of that, we come to Christmas, a time that demands different responsibilities, a time when we gather together, and even as Debbie was sharing this morning, Christmas 2020 has been different. It's been unusual. We've all had to adjust, and in some ways, the adjustments have been good. Because we've been able to sit down and and wonder about the peace that God gave to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. One of the things I do enjoy about Christmas is the Christmas cards and letters that Connie and I receive every year. In many cases, it's an annual acknowledgement of God's faithfulness throughout the year. And it brings us up to date in people's lives. And it's, it's just good to hear from folks that many times we don't hear of the rest of the year. I was interested as to how COVID affected people in 2020. And, and in, I think, all of the cases where we received a Christmas letter, there was always some mention about the difference that COVID has made in, in our lives. In fact, one of the Christmas cards really pointed out the impact of COVID, and, and this was it. These are friends of ours, Bob and Vicki Joyner, and they are all dressed up in their personal protective equipment. And I'll tell you, they live like this and still live like this after nine months. They bring their groceries into the garage and don't take them in the house for 24, 36 hours. They're serious about this thing. And this has affected our lives. It's it's tiring. It's, It's weary. One of the Christmas cards that I received this year was from my brother. And I think it brought it to me a perspective that that helped me through this year. And the inside of the card simply said this. In this world of social distancing, it's good to know that God sent his son Emmanuel, God, with us. It's good to know that God did not leave us nor forsake us. It's good to know that God's faithfulness is evidence no matter where we find ourselves in this world. You know, the truth is, 
that the prophet Isaiah identified Emmanuel. He was writing to Ahaz, the 12th king of the southern kingdom. Now, Ahaz was not a good king. In fact, some describe him as the second worst king in the history of Judah. Ahaz even sacrificed his own children to false gods. God was going to judge Judah. He was going to send Assyria in to take them captive and to place them under that authority. God, God was weary. I'm not sure if God gets sick and tired, but I think he was sick and tired of the sins of the people. He was sick and tired of Ahaz's response to the message of God. And Ahaz is told that Assyria is going to come in and, and uh, annihilate the kingdom. And in the midst of that, God gives his people a promise. Here it is. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. You call his name Emmanuel. Now, in that text, God was going to use Ahaz's son to be a conqueror and a protector of the people. And in the midst of the devastation that was taking place in the kingdom, God would be with them. God would not leave them. God would minister to them and give them victory over their enemies through his presence. Now, I want you to know that that promise was not only given to Ahaz, but it was also given to the house of David. And in our text in Matthew chapter 1, we discover the fulfillment of that promise in the person of Jesus Christ. Joseph was, was weary. I'm not sure how many sleepless nights he had had pondering the decision that he had to make concerning his, his espoused wife, Mary. He wanted to at, at least protect her from, from culture. He, he wanted to make sure that she would be taken care of. And the text says that he was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, and here's where we pick up the text and it's printed on the screen. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet back in Isaiah chapter 7. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph, as you work through the struggles of your life as you try to make decisions based on the, the things that you're, you're facing, as you wrestle with culture. Understand, God 
is going to be with you. God is going to be faithful to you. God is going to protect you. And Mary will bring forth a son whose name shall be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now this was fulfilled. And John's gospel talks about that fulfillment. And in John chapter 1 we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14 tells us, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Joseph and Mary's son, Emmanuel, God with us, would indeed be God in flesh, incarnate. Son of God, God with us. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Emmanuel, God with us. The wonder of God's work in our lives. This morning I want to quickly share with you five realities of Emmanuel. God with us. And I trust this is an encouragement to you. And I trust that as we look forward to 2021, we recognize that no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what's going on, we have Emmanuel, God, with us. The first reality is the reality of his presence. From the beginning, intimacy with a personal God has always been something that his his people craved. When God created man and placed him in the garden and then understood that man should not be alone but but gave to him a helpmeet, God was personally involved in their lives. Now, I'm not sure what that looked like and the text doesn't really tell us, but there was an intimate relationship where God and man communicated with each other time that they shared in, in, in fellowship as, as God directed them and encouraged them and, and ministered to them. God clearly communicated his expectations for them. He said, I've given you all of this to enjoy. Just leave that one tree alone. But man violated God's instruction. And took of the tree. And I think it interesting that even after they violated God's instruction, God still wanted to be intimately involved in their lives. And the scripture tells us that God was walking in the cool of the day. Perhaps for his regular time of fellowship with Adam and Eve. And perhaps God went to the appointed place where he always met Adam. Can you imagine what that looked like? That must have been a beautiful place in the garden. And Adam and Eve weren't there and God said, where are you? 
And Adam and Eve said, we're hiding. God said, why are you hiding? He said, we're naked. They had not known that separation, even in their full transparency before a holy God before. And God said, I'm going to have an intimacy with you one day because I'm going to send the child of the seed of the woman. The serpent may bruise his heel, but he will bruise the head of the serpent. And man will know intimacy again with a holy God. You fast forward to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God was with them. Joseph was sold into Egypt. And even though he was captive in Egypt, God blessed him because the Lord was with him. God's people ended up in Egypt. And they were there under the heavy-handed authority of the Pharaoh. And God took care of Moses, miraculously delivering him from the genocide that was placed on all of the Hebrew male children. You know the story. Joseph fled to the backside of the wilderness. And God said, I want you to go back to Egypt. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses said, I'm not going. And God said, yes, you're going, and I'm going with you. And God was with him. And God was with his people during the plagues, during the crossing the Red Sea, during the wandering in the wilderness. God was with his people as Joshua led them into the promised land. God was with his people. And his presence was that which met their needs. Aren't you thankful that Jesus said, All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is Matthew 28 teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded unto you. And here it is. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. The writer of Hebrews says, he'll never leave us nor forsake us, so that we can boldly say, the Lord's my helper. What shall I fear? What can man do to me? God has given to us his spirit to indwell us. And our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit of, of God. Because Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send a comforter to you. And I love what Romans chapter 8 says. For I am sure, I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature is able to separate me from the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Emmanuel, God with us. No matter what you face now, God is with you. No matter what I face, God is with me. No matter what we will face in 2021, Emmanuel, God with us.
That ought to put a smile on your face this morning. Some of you need smiles on your face this morning, I can tell. When I was a kid, we sang a little song. Debbie, would you come to the piano, please? And that little song had a, had a wonderful truth. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me, where'er I may be, if he is there. I count it a privilege here, his cross to bear. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. How many of you know that little chorus? All right, those of you who know it need to sing out pretty loud so we can teach it to everybody else. All right, Debbie's going to play the chorus. We're going to sing the chorus together. Then I'm going to sing the stanzas for you. I didn't hear any amens. And then we'll sing the chorus together a couple of times. Debbie. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me, where'er I may be, if he is there. I count it a privilege here, his cross to bear. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go. It may be in the valley where countless dangers hide. It may be in the sunshine that I in peace abide. This one thing I know, if it be dark or fair, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Sing it together. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me, where'er I may be, if he is there. I count it a privilege here, his cross to bear. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go. question the judgments of our Lord it is but mine to follow the leadings of his word but if I go or if I stay or whether here or there if Jesus goes with me I'll go anywhere how about you sing it if Jesus goes with me I'll go Tis heaven to me where I may be if he is there. I count it a privilege here, his cross to bear. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. All God's people said, Debbie, thank you so much. Emmanuel, God with us. His presence. And if he'll go, I'll go. Wherever that is. Because he is always with us. But not only does Emmanuel tell us about his presence. 
It also tells us about a wonderful plan that God has for our lives. I love what Jeremiah 29 tells us. Look up here, will you please? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God has a wonderful plan for our lives. Amen? And that plan is a relationship with him through his son Jesus Christ. As God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved and that those who trust Christ as personal Savior might be children of God. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, what does that mean? I can tell you exactly what it means. Because in Romans chapter 8, we read these words. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestinated, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. That is God's plan for our lives. And in Emmanuel, we discover the wonder of God's plan. As we recognize that we are to follow in his steps. Now you have heard me express God's plan for our lives on a number of occasions. And you've heard me express it this way, that God's plan is that we be challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Jesus Christ. What kind of challenges have you had in 2020? <laughs> we all have a long list, do we not? May I ask you this? How have those challenges changed you and conformed you to the character of Jesus Christ? A former White House staffer said, never waste a crisis. I think that was Rahm Emanuel. But how often do we waste challenges in our lives and forget that those challenges are for the glory of God and for our good to make us more like Jesus. In 2004, we had a theme that was entitled, To Be Like Jesus. And the graphic that we used was a takeoff of the Norman Rockwell portrait, self-portrait. Recognizing that as God is painting the picture of our lives, his desire is to paint it so that it reflects the image of Jesus Christ. It's not to make us pretty. It's not to make us prosperous. 
It's to make us more like Jesus. And this is exactly what God wants us to do as people look at what he is doing in and through us. Challenge, change, conform to Christ. I read a blog not too long ago that asked an interesting question, and that question has been rattling around in my brain because I'm still trying to answer it. And the question was this. What have I done with my life that was worth Christ dying for? one of those rattle around in your brain kind of questions the answer is nothing but the reality is that God intends each of us to live our lives in such a way that they reflect the wonder of God through his son Jesus Christ understanding that our relationship with God was purchased at the sacrifice of his son. The plan of God is to challenge us and change us and conform us to Christ. And that plan is all wrapped up in Emmanuel, God with us. You see, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. And we can recognize that, that God gives to us everything that is necessary for life and godliness. Emmanuel. God with us. Three more very quickly this morning. Emmanuel, God give with us, reminds us of his promises. When, when I was a kid, we sang a song, Every Promise in the Book is Mine, Every Chapter, Every Verse, Every Line. That was a great song, but it was lousy theology. I mean, there were promises, there are promises in the Word of God that were specifically given to individuals and to certain groups of people. They, they, they aren't for me. But you know, those promises reflect the faithfulness of God. Think about it. God promised Abraham that he would have a son. It's called the son of promise. And finally, Abraham turned a hundred and said, this ain't going to happen. But God kept his promise. I have a friend of mine that, that says often God is seldom early and he's never late. For Abraham never late was a hundred. God promised Moses that he would deliver his people from Egypt. God promised the people a land. And in spite of the obstacles that were in that land, God fulfilled his promise. Peter tells us that God has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And God has provided for us everything that is necessary 
to understand his faithfulness. James tells us that God has promised a crown of life to those who love his appearing. And in Hebrews chapter 10, we read that he who promised is faithful. Think about that, will you? Emmanuel, God with us. As he fulfills his promises in your life and in my life. Recognizing that he is able to accomplish his work for his glory and our good. God also shows us his power. Remember what Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 15? He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. And here's the next part. For without me, you can do nothing. That's Emmanuel. That's God with us. You shall receive power, we read in Acts chapter 1. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon us. God with us. And you shall be witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Philippians chapter 2 says it's God who works in us both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Emmanuel, God with us, his power. I know what you're struggling with today. But I do know this. Because of Emmanuel, God with us, you can deal with it and you can be successful at it. And lastly, Emmanuel, prepared place for his presence. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Woohoo! And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and get you. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father but by me. In our culture, in our corrupt culture, you wonder whether or not that will ever be a reality. But Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and I have no idea how long a twinkling of an eye is at the last trumpet. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead Christ will be raised and we shall be changed and this mortal will put on immortality. This corruptible will put on incorruption. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death, swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. A prepared place for a prepared people. And then the last verse of that chapter begins with a therefore. Now, you know, anytime there's a therefore, you figure out what it's there for. It's because of the mystery, because we will be changed, because we 
Look forward to that prepared place. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. God with us. Unmovable. Emmanuel. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What a promise for all of us. If you have been reading our prayer bulletin, you have noted that there have been 25 families that have been listed who lost loved ones this year. Christmas was different. Someone reminded me of a 26th this morning, and that was the Stewarts. Roger and Stacy's, Roger's dad, Peggy's husband was not listed. For the past 10 Christmases, I have had the habit of giving to those who lost loved ones a little poem that's entitled Christmas in Heaven. Let me share it with you this morning. I've just had Christmas in Heaven, a glorious wonderful day. I stood with the saints of all ages who received Christ, the truth, and the way. I sang with the heavenly choir, just think, I, who long so to sing, and oh, what celestial music we brought to our Savior and King. We sang the glad song of redemption, how Jesus to Bethlehem came, and how they called his name Jesus, that all might be saved through his name. We sang once again with the angels the song that they sang that blessed morn. When the shepherds first heard the glad story that Jesus the Savior was born. Oh, how I wish you had been here. No Christmas on earth could compare with all the brilliance and glory we witness in heaven so fair. You know how I always loved Christmas. Oh, what a wonderful day. With all my loved ones around me, the children would all laugh and play. Yes, now I see why I loved it. And oh, what a joy it will be when you and my loved ones are with me to share in the glories I see. So, loved ones on earth, here's my greeting. Look up till the day Christ appears and know what a Christmas awaits us beyond all our parting and tears. Emmanuel, God with us. And if Jesus goes with me, I'll go. Anyway.